Welcome to the American Horror Story Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for FX's American Horror Story. This episode is for chapter, wait, for episode 603, chapter 3 mm-hmm. of the season 6 My Roanoke Nightmare Saga. As uh, it's called so far. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And what did you think of last night's episode? <clears throat> I, I think that Ryan Murphy has really dug himself into a hole so far. He's he's gone on record of telling us that oh we kept it a secret for so f- for so long but you guys are in for the real surprise and then you're in for the real real surprise so I I don't know I'm kind of bored with this season or I'm I'm sort of bored with this story arc if it's going to change I think that I think that sh- I mean specifically Shelby being just this annoying person who believes and is frustrated with people who don't believe as or as well as she does, along with uh, her being non-believing in people who see things along the lines that she is seeing. I, I think that she's an unbelievable character, and it's just... Do you think... So what would your reaction be if you did not know that Murphy had opened his big fat mouth and said, oh, do you, you know, just wait until I blow your minds here directly? I don't know. I... I... I might feel the same way. I think I would still be just annoyed with Shelby's character, especially with what she does at the end of the episode. It's she's the worst. Like she's the several worst. people jockey for the worst in this episode. Uh, Lee, uh, I leave my ba- my my baby girl in the car for five minutes, and she either cooks her brains out in the summer heat or is abducted or something. Uh, or Shelby. You know, I saw my husband fucking a demon woman in the woods where I've seen many, many disturbing visions and visuals, and I'm instantly going to betray him and the whole family. With a stranger in the woods, let alone like a wood nymph and two hillbillies were masturbating, and you knew they were watching, Mm -hmm. I would think Aaron's been drugged. Someone has taken advantage of him, and I'm, I'm not going to instantly blame you. Or I'm dreaming. Or I know that I've seen some really fucked up shit that I can't corroborate, right. so this might be part of it. Okay. I, I. It's funny, because I thought this was where the season kind of perked up. I thought the first half of this episode was I was getting really tired of the Lee and Shelby and Matt parade and all that kind of stuff, and it kind of peaked during the their discussion of her... Um, you know, other other child that we didn't know about. Um, but Cricket showed up, and I thought he was funny and kind of oily and in- entertaining, and his interplay with the ghost was interesting, and I thought the, you know, delving into the Roanoke colony was kind of interesting. So I, the second half of the episode kind of reinvested. A little, little clunk at the end with... Um, with Shelby's reaction, but I kind of think that maybe we're supposed to understand that she's being possessed. No. I mean, that's that's what I'm telling myself because that would make her... Because you want to believe that that kind of horrible person doesn't exist in the real world? Well, just like, you know, she's been so... She keeps on flip-flopping about, I want to leave, I want to stay, I want to... And, and I just wonder if if something is, demonic is happening because, again, it just that just seems unreasonable that with all the things that she's experienced that she sees this unbelievable thing happen and she instantly thinks, oh, my husband's cheating on me. I mean, one thing is clear that she has brought some bias about Lee into their relationship. Uh Uh-huh. And that is definitely a part of it. 
All right. Well, let's get into the episode. It opens up with Lee opining that there's no pain like losing a child. Uh, and Lee just can't believe the cops aren't being more helpful about this situation because they're all like, boy, gee whiz, you guys show up and all this crazy stuff starts happening. None of it can be explained. I mean, blah. what kind of thing is that to say to a grieving mother? No, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. No. Uh, That's something I would believe them saying to Matt or Shelby independently, yeah. but... Especially when... I, I don't know. I, I don't... I mean, because I could see uh, a a rural cop saying this to someone, but I, I feel like that if they know that Lee is a, is, is also a police... But then, then again, they might have heard through the grapevine that she's... Because she's from North Carolina herself, that she's kind of disgraced and kicked you off the You think that'd be a pretty and, big news story, especially yeah. just in the, within the state. Right, right cop causes car crash and kills someone on in or well she didn't kill him he committed suicide but who right. knows what they these people are claiming all these wild things right. and now they bring in a drug addict into this situation right. whose daughter goes mysteriously missing i i could see a reasonable doubt there I mean, she's starting to leap to conclusion that they're in bed with the hillbillies who took flora which i which actually Matt think is plausible is <laughs> by the end of the episode uh she says after 36 hours and uh, a missing child's odds are cut in half uh, after 72 hours it drops a 30 percent successful uh, recovery uh says something truly disturbing that 33,000 kids go missing in this country daily not day that's what i said no, it's at any one time. There's 33,000 oh, missing. So time. there's like this window of kids that are missing. And I, I, are they still missing if they're found dead? Because, no, you know, but that's still missing. like a, a shocking amount of children. That's a lot. Um, and you're going to hear about a lot about this massive search team that's canvassing the woods. But you're really only going to hear some bloodhounds in the background and see Matt, Shelby, and Lee. Which right. I'm like... I guess you're trying to save budget for the the pig special effects, all the all the pigs that you have mm-hmm. to buy. But damn, couldn't you hire like twenty, thirty extras for an overhead scene of like people tromping through the woods? Like we got like one or two people taking some kind of flyer from Lee, and that's about it. I wanted no, to see a search party. Damn it, you can't have the three of them huddle around this this what do you call this this insignia this this right sacrifice whatever you right. call it. You can't have the three of them huddled around it and then a bunch of extras hamming it up behind them you can't afford well, I'm that saying, I, I just want an establishing shot of them trump you know tromping through the woods with like your standard you know body search line mm-hmm. or whatever we but, had kind um, of that right did, did we i don't know um so they find that they're, they're traipsing through the forest these three there are no cops no no other volunteers that we've heard so much about uh don't even see a bloodhound anywhere Not but they find one. They find and 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 they're like just all together in a tight knot. They're not like spaced apart a hundred yards in visual range like you'd think they would be. But they find uh, Flora's doll ripped apart and like its body's there, but its head's been replaced with pig head, and its like arm appendages have been replaced with pig appendages. And Shelby goes to touch it, and Lee forbids her because she might contaminate the evidence. And then a hundred yards down the path, they find a farmhouse that has another pig doll sacrifice. And Lee rushes in and contaminates the whole thing. Like, you'd think mm-hmm. that's such... I mean, what the hell? I Why? think so. I think that if you think that there's a possibility your daughter's inside, you mm. you that that precedes any interest in... I guess. You're right. Because she could be in there, whereas obviously scene. she can't be underneath the pig... Right. Uh, the pig doll. So I guess that... I retract my critique of the uh, inconsistent police work. Uh, they don't find flora or any, anything. This house is a mess. It's got maggoty stuff everywhere. It's got severed 
goat heads, satanic-looking goat heads and the non-functional refrigerator. There's buckets of piss and God knows what laying everywhere. No flora, uh, but they do disturbingly hear some grunts and groans, and they find two feral boys suckling a pig that may be alive. Is it alive or dead? I think it's alive if it's still producing milk. Well, I mean, but it had like, I thought it looked like its throat was slit or like it was wearing a collar that was biting into its throat or I don't I know. I see any of that. Hard to tell because those big fat pig moms just kind of lay there anyway. You sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that pig was a pig. She'd gained 20, 30 pounds. Since she gave birth. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, no Miss Pig America her. Uh, anyway, uh, interestingly, everyone assumes that this is the Pokes. Like, I don't think there's any evidence. And up until last week, I think you would have been one of those people. I no, I'm I'm on, I'm repping the Pokes are heroes. I, don't I think. think well, now, at all. I, although now that they're masturbating, watching I mean, the devil, yeah, that's woman. the thing is that they're squarely pinning those two boys as being a part of that family, right? And I don't know if the cops are just taking their inference, right? Because the, the Shelby, Matt, and it, Lee inference, but the two hillbillies that we know masturbating at the end of the episode uh-huh. makes it seem like that's a reasonable conclusion. But why? Because... Or, I mean, it was obviously all just an illusion, so I don't know. You Is could, that just what you, Shelby wanted to see or believe? It seems like it's just as reasonable to assume that these boys are their victims than they are their family. Right. That's what I guess my only thing is why leap to thinking that this is their family and this is how they treat their family. Like these could just be abducted children that have been like, I know that's not what you want to hear if you're a relieved, but they, these could be the, the, the victims as, as just as well. I mean, it's inarguable. They're victims like this is like classic neglect. They're right. fucked up. Um, so everyone assumes it's a post. Like I said, um, Mason comes in while the, while the social worker is trying to interrogate or not interrogate, but get information out of the children. And he's flipping out and he's wanting to go interrogate the boys himself. I'm like, what are you going to beat up a bunch of feral children? Right. You're going to beat the story out of them? You might also be victims just like your daughter. Right. What reaction is that? Uh, the social workers work in the Hershey bar angle. And unfortunately, they don't know much English. The only thing they can scream. And I thought they said... Chocolate, but it turns out that they're screaming Croatan. Oh, yep. So uh, it was uh, that was that was a hard one to 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 understand. Yeah. And Matt says no one knew what it meant, but they come to understand it was a warning. Now I think it's interesting that later this thing, this like this show can't keep from contradicting itself. Everyone in North Carolina knows the st- story of the lost colony of Roanoke. Everyone, and yet no one. It hears the word Croatoan again. I'm I'm from Indiana. I was familiar enough to you know I I know about the Roanoke right. and Croatoan. Like if you're from North Carolina and you're supposed to, everyone knows the story and that's a ghost story everyone tells. Like seriously, you didn't hear Croatoan and think, oh my god, this has something to do with the lost colony of Roanoke. I don't know. I you think have to have that, cricket there with the ghost lady honestly, explaining it all to you. I feel like there might be better ghost stories. I mean, that was what three hundred years ago. Plus, yeah, yeah. So I think there might be better updated ghost stories. <laughs> there might be a fresher the, ghost story than I've, something from I've the 1620s? I've heard of the lost or... colony of Roanoke. Uh-huh. I had heard of that before this season. The specific word Croatoan I wasn't familiar with. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I just the the wood carving of uh, the guy in front of the Croatoan going like this really stuck out of me in my grade school history book. But <laughs> um, Anyway... Uh, 
it's late in the third day because they're back out in the woods looking, and Lee's thinking that Flora is probably super dead. Uh, what do you so on a meta conversation level? What do you make of Lee's reaction to the possibility that they were looking for a body? Because she's like all choked up, and I thought like. I'm watching this trying to glean information. I'm like, okay, if I'm a parent whose child actually didn't die, I don't think I'm choked. If I like, if they, if she recovers Flora, I don't think I get that choked up talking about this situation. Well, here's the thing: is Lee also has already lost a child to these hmm. similar circumstances. So you don't think there's any conclusive information you can glean from her no. reaction to the story? No, all right, really. all right. Because uh, she does. She breaks down and has a hard time choking out the fact that they might not be looking for a little girl, but they might be looking for a body at this point. Uh, later back at, at the house when they're starting to call it quits because they've been at this for three days with no sleep, Mason flips out and accuses Lee of stealing Flora because he knew that she knew that she would never get to see her again and that she's stashed her somewhere. And as soon as people quit looking, she's going to flee to Mexico or some shit. Lee can't believe she's being accused of this. They get in a scuffle. Mason shoves Lee to the ground, uh, and everybody's kind of, like, shocked. And he's like, oh, my bad. Just a little light domestic uh, uh, abuse. And uh, they decide that since everyone's on edge and they haven't slept for three days, they should try to get to bed. Unfortunately, in the middle of the night, they're awakened by the police to call them to the scene of a man who's been tied to a wagon wheel and set on fire. Turns out that it's actually Mason. Dun, dun, dun. And he's identified by some, I think, ring. That's... So that's the reason you get class rings. <laughs> that's <laughs> the literal only reason to buy a class ring. Right, so right. So you can be identified why after you Why were we just die. discussing that of Your late. father brought it up. Yeah, but why was he discussing it? Because he's talking about how he made a, a wedding ring three times for your mother. Or something, But something because... came out with class rings and something with my sister. Yeah, and... your sister traded in like two diamond rings instead of getting a class ring. And, okay. Well, she's the smart one. Super interesting for the podcast people. Yeah, but... you're the one that insisted on me <laughs> telling the story. Well, I thought it would go to something interesting. I'm it, wrong. It did not. Super it wrong. Not. Sorry about all. that. My not bad. My bad. I'm going to shove this topic to the ground. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to set it on fire. <laughs> Matt discovers via his nifty IP camera setup that Mason left the house. Ten minutes later, Lee follows him at the door, and she doesn't return until four hours later. This mm-hmm. looks really bad. And, and the her house suddenly smelled like a bonfire? <laughs> yeah. You know how it sticks to your clothes? Yeah, you know, or like the smell of burning human hair. Yeah, like yeah. that's idea that's yeah. just a very pungent odor. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're talking about how bad it looks when Lee comes in and says, I can't believe that you're thinking I might be a murderer with a bunch of suggestive evidence that might suggest that I am a murderer. And Matt says, uh, you know, and and he she says it's obvious that I'm not welcome here. And Matt says you're right. And I'm like, right on. We're actually moving <laughs> along this. Out. We're we're moving the storyline along, along. And he's like, it's it's. He's like, you're right. We're all not welcome here. And why are we even trying to stay around? Someone's trying to tell us to leave. And I'm like, okay, well, we're back to that saw. And then a sprightly man named Cricket shows up and walks through their front door. <laughs> Uh, he is a psychic and says that a spirit called him here. He has experience working with the FBI, and they're able to verify this on the Internet. And he has mm-hmm. stories uh, where he has helped find missing children all over the country. Uh, and they're Particularly all... only for wealthy parents, though. Apparently that's so. The, that's the interesting. That, that, that hook comes Tidbit later. they missed. Uh, but they're all they're all pretty skeptical until he leads her to the cubby hole, and he's got this like echolocation thing with his little silver-tipped cane. 
Uh, he leads her to the cubby hole where Flora was last seen talking to her ghost friend, and they find the ghostly bonnet, ooh, or ooh. The, the half Kathy Bates bra, whichever you believe. <laughs> Uh, and he says, your daughter is with a spirit named Priscilla. And Lee's like, Priscilla, that's her pretend imaginary girl. And, you know, he's like, no, it's actually a ghost. <laughs> Shelby eats this shit up, as you'd expect some kind of granola crunching, well, yogurt slurping, yoga hippie. Too. I mean, no, Matt's not think... having anything. Any no, I said Lee was oh, half yeah. eating it up. Half well, eating it up. I, I mean, I mean, she's got information mother. that I don't think she's shared with Shelby and Matt. And that is that the the her imaginary friend's name is specifically Priscilla and she already found right. a bonnet before. I don't think she shared that information. No, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm a skeptical person, but I think if I was confronted with the evidence shown in this in, in this episode, at some point I'd be like, okay, all right, this this seems maybe like it's legit. Um, mm-hmm. So they decide to um, have a seance to try to contact this Priscilla and I have to say that um, this, like, possession and spiritism stuff actually does kind of still creep me out and scare oh, me. Really? I think it's because, like, that is something that I used to actually believe uh, when when I was practicing my religion. Yeah. So, like, it's like a vestigal fear, you know? Um, I don't know. But it, it does it does creep me out. Maybe that's why I find this episode particularly affecting. Right. But he's he's doing this, uh, you know, he's he's calling out for Priscilla, but instead he gets the butcher, uh, Kathy Bates, who steps forwards and declares that all who trespass on her land and mean to do her and hers harm, uh, she considers threats. He, in response, calls upon some, uh, a St. John Galbert to protect them. And Kathy Bates is like, well, fuck your white late, fuck your candle, cleaves it in two. You're doing an accent just as good as Kathy Bates is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And uh, I should say at this point that nobody but Cricket can see Kathy Bates doing all this stuff. But everybody Bates. can see the candle flying in two. Right, which I think is weird because Shelby has physically seen her before. That's true. Right. But that was out in the woods, which without, maybe her power strongest. Right, but without Shelby seeing her now, she wouldn't be able to make that connection. Oh, right, right. Um, so they have a war of words, her and Cricket, where she claims dominion of the land. He says, honey, this land doesn't belong to the dead. You're the one that are trespassing. She starts breaking windows. He screams, Croatoan, and things quiet down. Uh, now, Cricket claims that the, he has the answers. He knows where the daughter is, and he can take them to her for the low, low price of $25,000. Holy 25, shit. $25,000. Holy shit. Only. Holy shit. Uh, Lee, of course, can finance this <laughs> easily the... by selling her bins, as we discussed last episode. Yep. Lee has the most rational reaction at all, and she pulls a gun on the person. <laughs> <laughs> And he's got this, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, ah, you can't blame me if you're peddling drugs. Do you offer them to sick kids for free? I mean, it's true. How do you come down on this? Like, this guy, he has a gift, but he's got to make a living. Like, you can't go around helping people forever and live on the streets. $25,000 is steep, but how often do you really get a juicy case like this? Yeah, I guess maybe not take like the twenty five thousand. Maybe offer sliding scale. Maybe offer them some financial. I don't. I don't know. But just hitting a grieving parent twenty five k seems like. But how much do you really want your child back? Well, and again, to pay that much? if he's a legit psychic and he's got all this information, um, 
I mean, I guess that's the question. Is he really legit or is this a bunch of parlor tricks? I think he's legit. Yeah, in this universe he is. But I'm trying to think from Matt's perspective. Yeah, he could have had his accomplices shooting out their windows with BB guns. Yes, he could have rigged up a trick candle. We already know that the information about her previous daughter is public record. And he's and he also said that he saw this all on television. He was sitting in a cafe watching it. So like, I feel like he had all the information. Again, right. the I, I think in universe outwards. this is real. There's, there's all the evidence that they ha- already have on their side without this guy even being there. Right. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying like, if I was playing devil's advocate or a Matt's advocate, I would say like, okay, there's this this guy's kind of a, a, a charlatan. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, he, he says, uh, Lee hears his spiel about medicine and kids. She goes, I got a prescription for you and pulls out a gun. Uh, then Matt talks her down by stepping in front of the gun and saying, Hey, look, I, I know you specialize in flipping the crazy, but we can't be killing people in this house. Uh, and he, but then he kicks cricket out and cricket vows that not only will he be back, but they will invite him back. And as he leaves, he whispers something into Lee's ear. And I was rolling my eyes so hard that I hadn't fully returned them to the right place in the socket before they were actually explaining what he just whispered. Because right. I thought this I was going to be... I would have been so mad if they yeah, had what he said. Yeah. And, and maybe Murphy felt the pulse of the audience. is like, like, nah, we can't, we can't make this as some kind of cliffhanger. Right. In real time, if I were Shelby, as soon as he whispered, as soon as he finished whispering, I would have said, what the fuck did he just say? Right. Right. Tell me right now. Right. Um, so the camera crew confronts Lee about what she whispers, uh, and she flips the fuck out, but it turns out that they show us immediately what Cricket Marlowe said, and he said, Emily says hello and wonders why he quit looking for her all those years ago. Uh, when the camera crew confronts her with this and the fact that she did have a daughter and they've looked this up and it's all matter of public record, she shuts this stuff down and says we gotta stop, and they do the thing where the camera shifts to like an extreme angle because they're trying to film her in secret. Right, and it's, like just, the it's all pretty. Camera that you're not supposed to notice is rolling. Yeah, it's it's all kind of hokey. I thought. Oh yeah. And 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 uh, Lee, the the actual Lee's performance. Um, you know, Tara's actual? mom. I thought is a little boy. She she just plays either idle or full throttle. I agree. But, she she's not a very good companion actress with uh, Angela Bassett. It's true. Although Angela are they going for that? An- Angela's kind of full throttle all the time too. Yeah, she's she's a very but an engaging, charismatic way, right? Uh, so they then calm her down, sit her back in front of the camera, and she explains the backstory here. That she says she was only seventeen when she had Emily. She turned four around the fourth of July when I guess Lee was twenty-one, and she had to run to the grocery store. And she left her in the car for just five minutes, and when she came back, she was gone. And she says, be that as it may, even though I've got two missing children, that doesn't mean I had anything to do with Flora's disappearance. And I guess I'm inclined to believe a per- her. Um, I would like to know more about this Emily thing. And, like, I don't I don't know, man. Get, uh, e- when, when do you think this is supposed to take place? Like 20 years ago? Because even 20 years ago, people knew it was a bad idea to leave kids in a car know. alone. Was it? They get stolen. The car gets shifts. In I the- don't think 20 years ago that was the mindset. I think people were more trusting. I mean, 20 years ago, I... A four-year-old? Yeah. 20 years ago, I was able to walk six or seven or eight blocks down to the local convenience store to buy candy by myself. How old were you? I was like six or seven. Oh. I mean, it was just a small town and... Were you four years old going down, slapping a dollar bill and taking your Hershey's? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I was never kidnapped and... 
I don't know. I feel like it's mostly there have been studies and research on this, but I feel sure. like mostly no, it's right. an invented concept of people stealing kids. No, like, you're it's right. It's not happening it that often. It does happen. But, but the but people it's, being it's, skeptical and paranoid of it happening is way up. Sure. Sure. In this instance, it did happen to her. Sure. But I don't know. Leaving, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was a 100-degree day. I, I'll I don't steal know. a dog alone in a car. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. But she says, look, I didn't have anything to do with Flora's disappearance. If I did, why would I pay $25,000? Maybe so you could have that awesome alibi in court mm-hmm. when they're trying to prove your guilt in the connection with the disappearance of your daughter. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, Cricket has got this all figured out, though, because while he was being shunned from the property, he walked through the woods and got hit by a bolt from the psychic blue, and he finds out that this butcher woman's name's Thomason White. Her husband was the governor of the colony of Roanoke. They had fallen on the hard times, and the colonists persuaded him to try to go back to England for supplies. He left his wife, Thomason, in charge. First mistake colonial america patriarchal as hell and ain't no one gonna listen to no woman Mm -hmm. and it didn't take long for the colonists to start bitching about the lack of food and starting to rise up against her and they all want to move inland before winter sets in which seems reasonable but she doesn't want to leave her post where her husband left her even her son says hey look ma we should probably go inland and she's like nope nope not gonna hear about it uh unfortunately the colonists rise up against her they clap her in a what looks like to be some kind of combination scold's bridle and shrew's fiddle. These medi- like medieval type of torture devices, like a cage for your face, has got spikes sticking out of mm-hmm. it, and an iron bar on your hands, so you can't bring your hands to your mouth. You can't eat, you can't drink. And they say they're going to kick her out of the colony, um, and they force her son to actually put the lock on the cage that's going to encase her mo- his mother's face yeah. on pain of death. So, and she looks very disappointed in him. Like, you should have taken the cleaver. I would have taken the cleaver for uh-huh. you. Um, Cricket's continuing to narrate the story as she's forced outside the colony and she's now suffering from exposure. She's weak from lack of, uh, lack of water and lack of food. And suddenly these, these almost demonic bestial sounds are chasing her through the forest. And she prays to God and offers up her soul because she thinks her death is nigh. Instead, this woods witch, played by Lady Gaga... Uh, A tree nymph. A tree nymph? Uh Okay. This tree nymph, played by Lady Gaga, steps out with an animal heart of some sort. Maybe it's a human heart. to be a pig heart. Probably a pig heart, actually. Uh, And she commands her to serve and give her her soul. She releases her from this freaky face cage and Kathy Bates chows down on the heart apparently sealing whatever deal that they've made she must have freed her from the hand chains as well yeah the whole thing the whole thing whole kit and caboodle combination uh, uh, shrew's fiddle and uh, scold's bridle if she had run away would it have just snapped back in place or if she says no I'm sticking with God although how would you know that God didn't send the the wood sprite I don't know. I mean, it's like that story where God sends the helicopter into two boats after the guy at the flood, and then he dies. He's like, God, why don't you save him? I sent you two helicopters to boat. I sent you to Freaky Deaky Woods, which, what'd you want, woman? Exactly she offered you a, you needed food. She gave you a heart. What do you want? Perfect comparison. There's, yeah, it's airtight. Mm-hmm. Airtight theology. Mm-hmm. Um, so she then returns to the colonists with a vengeance. She proclaims herself purified by her torment. 
and she caves one man's head in with her cleaver, and she slices another's throat. Ooh. She then has her son get down on his knees. And everyone and- else just sits around and waits for their cleaver death to come. I... I think like that's accurate. There, right? Would you all rush her at once, or would yeah. you just be like if instantly were, like, cowed? Four grown men against a woman who's, I presume, has been weakened by having days in the woods. Her, yeah, her main ability is her willingness. Her main power is her willingness to kill people. That's not exactly a superpower. I mean, if the if she goes a swing at Cleaver towards her throat, and you throw a hand up to block it, do you lose a hand instead of a life? Mm. I don't know. It's worth a try. Yeah, that is. I have planned my survival a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I don't think Kathy Bates has a lot of reach, even with the cleaver. Right, no. Like, I, I feel like I could put my hand on her forehead and she'd just be swinging underneath it, you Absolutely. know, like a, in a cartoon. Absolutely. But, you know, obviously this is pretty bloody and gruesome, so they're they're cowed. Her son gets on his knees, begs her mercy, and she forgives him, but she, just she barely. She asks him to beg for a reprieve like he asked right. her to. right. It's important, I think. Uh, and she didn't bend the knee to no man. He instantly bent the knee to her. And she says, don't defy me again. And uh, he says, I, obviously, I guess we're staying here. She's like, nope, you guys are right all along. We're going to head inland. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate exercise in futility. Right, right. Well, you know, if you just came to this epiphany like a couple days ago, we could have avoided the whole shrews right, fiddle. Right, like if and- you guys had chosen to maybe talk it out with me instead of me saying no and you not counter offering but well, she did say she'll hear no more of it so maybe they're just considering she's an All honest right. person that's and fair <laughs> that's fair you just that's go you, you just to instantly lock her up and yeah. let her starve to death in totally the woods. totally uh so armed with this new info the quattro of cricket matt shelby and lee walk out into the woods with the ghostly bonnet cricket's leading them uh, he calls out, and the butcher arrives with her ghostly muscle and agrees to listen to them because she's gonna she was gonna kill him. But then Cricket said, "Look, you kill us, more will come because that's the way people work. Mm-hmm. The only way to get rid of us is to they hear us out." He says, "If you give us the mortal girl and persuade Priscilla to to give her up, because apparently they've established that not only does the butcher does the the Thomason know about Priscilla that they have some kind of relationship." And it's a rebellious one. Right. He said she was a bastard child, which means yes. she was once part of this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably Priscilla Snow. <laughs> uh, or what, what would a North American Pr- bastard be? Priscilla Pinecone? Priscilla, yeah. Pinecone Priscilla Eagle. Good. Eagle. Unless, yeah. unless she's the, a Ben Franklinite, it'd be Priscilla Turkey. Uh, but uh, she goes, if you get if you if you do this for us, we will go away. And Lee says, not only will we go away, we'll burn the house down so no one comes back. Shelby's and Shelby's like, like what the wait, wait, what? And he goes, no, no, totally. Matt said it was okay. She's like, well, where the hell is Matt? She stumbles off in the woods and finds Matt fucking the shit uh, out of the woods witch, woods nymph, tree the nymph. woods, the tree nymph, while the poke family watches and furiously tug on their little johnsons uh-huh. it's and and yeah, that's the other thing it's like the way kuba is playing this he looks like a man literally possessed yes like, he does has she's ne- completely naked which like how why would you do that if you're gonna have right. a quickie in the woods right he's sweating profusely he's got a vacant expression on he's his just eyes. staring a thousand like, yards if he stare. made eye contact with shelby he would be like oh my god i'm so sorry right he would do something right no i i mean I, I, I found this I find this completely implausible her reaction unless she's actually possessed by the spirits and Maybe they're they're causing the story this discord for is that she's just yeah the villain of the story <laughs> <laughs> worse worse than the butcher uh 
so Shelby flips out about this and runs off, stomps off, and confronts Matt when she finds him at the house and says, I can't believe you were out there fucking that woman. And Matt's like, what woman? I don't know what you're talking about. Then Matt notices in the background a commotion because the police are arresting Lee, and he turns to Shelby and is like, what did you do? And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. In the most slap-worthy, smug facial expression you can imagine. And again, why go to the... this This seems so crazy. Why would she go to the nuclear option and betray her family and everything because of this crazy thing she saw in the woods and a woods full of crazy things that she's seen? And that's what I'm saying. I think there's some sort of pre-bias against Lee already. I don't know. But still. I don't know. At this point, do you think she continues with the uh, search to find Flora with, what's his name? Charles. I'm making that up. Cricket? Cricket. I don't He's know. He's been paid. He's been Shelby paid. Shelby admitted that she believes every word he said. Well, are they going to, is this a way, because the other thing I noticed is that I feel like Murphy has this thing where he has to figure out how to shuffle his cast in and out of the series because yeah. none of them give him a full season commitment except yeah, for yeah. a few. So I wonder if some of this horse shit is just because, well, you know, uh, Angela Bassett got to go. I need to put her on ice for a couple episodes so I can shoot around her. I know I'll have her be arrested. <laughs> Like yeah. some of these wild characters, just like he just has to, you know, go in a four by four mode and drive a couple miles over broken, you know, North Carolina swamp ground <laughs> to right. get where he's trying to go. But wow, that was a huge character swing from Shelby. It was. Yeah. And kind of, I don't know how she I don't she know comes if it was back. a character swing. It seems very much in her character. Just she something we didn't swingy. want to believe she was capable of. It, it just, just, it just. I don't know, man. She's this combination of pig-headed and gullible that is just like my kryptonite. I I can't. It, I, I just feel the we. I feel the feeling in my hands and feet leaving, and I I, I can't stand and I start blacking out. Right. Uh, that's the episode. That is the episode. It didn't... I do have one. Um, I think it's non-spoilery. Okay. There is a connection to season one here in this episode. Right. Um. Constance, which is the Jessica Lang character from season one. Right on. And Violet, which is the, what's her name? Ty- no, Thaisa Farmiga. Or, uh-huh, right. Yeah, I yeah, know Yeah, she's the about. younger Farmiga. Um, the two of them see Billy Dean, which is the Sarah Paulson psychic character in season one. Mm-hmm. And she tells them of the story of the lost colony of Roanoke. Well, the, this was in season one? Yeah. How? how she just tells a story. Okay. And says that I'm surprised they, no one's mentioned it yet. That they were able to uh, fight off the demons of the Native Americans by saying Croatoan. Huh. So that's where that circles back to. Okay. Which, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't come up sooner either. I completely forgot. I wonder because, like... In fact, I might not even have that story straight, but that's as far as I know it. As I discussed in the first podcast, um, I did some research, and one of the leading theories is that the colonists actually... uh, You went to go kind of live with the Croatoan tribe... I also have and I two. wonder if they're going to be like the good, like they're going to be the forces of good that like take in these. Uh, I but I didn't didn't. How do you explain the butcher? I don't know. Yeah. I also have two semi spoilery things. Okay. That if you haven't seen next week's preview or you haven't read online, you don't know. What's well, but so, if you do, then when would you like to? Let's do I, that. Let's do that. We'll we'll do that at the, the very end of the podcast okay. so that people can turn off if they want to hear that. 
Uh, speaking of, let's get in the feedback. You can send feedback in at American, I'm sorry, AHS, AHS at baldmove.com or on forums.baldmove.com. We have a show thread for each week. Uh, Haganik, I think is how, I mean, there's, the, this was just one of those emails that don't have like a real name I associated with it. I think it's pronounced Groatoen. <laughs> the H is silent and actually a C. <laughs> Uh, so listening to your podcast in Chapter 2, this is from last week, of course, I had an idea of what might explain Shelby's sudden 180 towards the house when she's at the hospital. And the hospital scene was after her time getting lost in the forest. Could her time lost in the forest have actually culminated in her being contaminated by the ghosts? Ah, I'm like... Contaminated? I'm, I'm, How so? I'm, I'm on to this theory. Uh, by the time she makes it to the hospital, she has maybe become an agent for the original Roanoke settlers and being influenced to bring her husband, sister-in-law, and niece down with her. Substantiating evidence, okay, not total true, true proof, true, true. but a true-true. It's the true-true behind the true-true. <laughs> not total proof, but an interesting observation if this were to turn out to be true. Shelby is the one who leads her niece out of the living room to do homework and then leaves her there. If Shelby were in her right mind, wouldn't she, scared to death by the haunted house and nuts in the woods, assume no one, let alone a child, should be left unsupervised? Unless she was instrumental in orchestrating her niece's disappearance. And that's what I'm saying. If she's possessed or some kind of agent to evil, it would also explain why she's sowing so much freaking discord. Why she's doing so many weird changes. Okay. So. I disagree wholeheartedly, but that doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. Okay. I like it. I like the idea, and it makes it's the only thing that I think makes her character make sense. But you just want to make sense out of a basic white woman. Did <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you know? Here's the thing. Uh, it's get it, it's October in this season. Uh-huh. I've yet to see her in Uggs or drinking any kind of pumpkin I've seen her spice. In Uggs. Conf- uh, have we? Yeah, she was in Uggs when she was brushing her teeth that one time when she laughed while she was brushing her teeth. Oh, and I her think mouth we actually made me. that. But where's oh, the yeah, pumpkin spice lattes? Well, we don't see her at breakfast every day. Mm. We just see her at dinners drinking wine. Mm. You don't know. All also, right. there's not a Starbucks nearby. It's really? In the middle. I don't. Of bl- the, that's the most unrealistic. It's in the middle thing of ever. the North Carolina woods. They have a Starbucks there. Do they? How dare you? Do they? <laughs> she crashed her car. She can't drive to Starbucks. She doesn't have a car. Uh, Madeline V. Unless the tree nymph is delivering Starbucks to her, then I'm she's actually, back on board with your theory. <laughs> she's actually a barista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she calls everyone's name Croatoan. <laughs> <laughs> I have a spice She's pumpkin la- spice pumpkin white chocolate latte for Croatoan. <laughs> uh, Madeline V. So, uh, never wrote in before, so hopefully I'm doing it right. You did it! Yay! Yay! Do you think the seemingly outrageous reactions have to do with the fact that it's from a witness testimonial format? Usually when people give their account on things that may tend to be exaggerated and lacking details and depth, it's either that or the writing is atrocious. What do you think? Is some of these outrageous reactions because the people are trying, you know, then they're retelling their story where they're doing questionable things, they're trying to sway us with emotion? I think. Or do you think the writing is suspect? I think the reenactors are. I think the reenactors are actually a little bit more believable performances than the actual real life storytellers. Mm. Do you agree or disagree? I'm believing Sarah Paulson and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s and Angela Bassett's performance way more than Lily Rabbi and Andre. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I I think they're a little bit more hammy doing the reenacting. I I mean, the retelling. You're right, because all of the, you know, staring and like, oh, this is hard, or can we stop now? Like, that's that's, that's not doing them any favors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Or, yeah, the Lily Robbie just saying a sentence and just... Right. <laughs> Looking at her with her liquid eyes. I just looked eyes. blankly into space for podcast listeners who aren't <laughs> in the studio. No, that came across the mics. Okay. Uh, Nathan P. says, It's been two episodes and you guys still haven't really addressed the fact that Angela Bassett played Cuba Gooden Jr.'s mother in Boys in the Hood oh, 25 snap. years ago and is now playing a sister. She's a real-life vampire, y'all. Is she playing his younger sister? Because that really that that solidifies it. She is not of this world. It's incredible how good she looks. Yeah. I mean... Do you think they talk about that behind the scenes? They must. I think... I, what I think is super interesting is surely she knows how good she looks. And she's been doing film a long while. So I feel like she probably yeah. assumes people and kind of leans into that. Stella got her groove back and she did not lose it. Yeah, she never lost it. No. Uh, it's amazing she lost, that she lost it in the first place. I kind of question... I, I would like to see the evidence that Stella, in fact, did lose her groove, <laughs> that she ever had to give it, get it back. Uh, so anyway, thanks for bringing that up, Nathan. You continue. If we have to wait until episode six or so to get a proper intro sequence, hmm. Thank you. All I'm saying is it better be baller. I think it, I mean, I'm not yet to see a season that's not. The so. intro sequence is so integral to the series. I mean, it's one of your favorite things. I it know is this, my, one of my sure. favorite things. And honestly, the little mini-sodes that they're... Well, not uh-huh. mini-sodes, but the teasers that they think, those yeah. are so good those that so I good. feel like that I'm really going to get something spectacular for the credit sequence when it finally shows up, mm-hmm. if it shows up. Uh, I feel like this season they missed an opportunity to call it AHS Murder House, Murd just to House. fuck with speculating friends. Fans even more. Friends. You say speculating? Speculating fronds. It's late. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long... It's only 8 o'clock. It's podcast listeners. It's been a, it's been a long week of studio remodeling and, and uh, sleepless nights and stuff, so I, I apologize. That's um, my fault. Most of that's my at fault. At least, you know, it, 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 hey, I could be worse. The, nur- the nurses can't spell. They spell murder, murder their favorite word by dropping an R. Mm-hmm. Murder. Murder. May they're New Yorkers. Uh... <laughs> Or Bostoners? Bostonites? Um, Bostonians, I think is the proper terminology for them. Bo- Bostians? Douchebags? No. Is the regional. Stop it. I'm Take an, it back. Take I, it back. I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. I can't help it. We have a natural enmity. Uh, Aaron better cool it this week. Expecting the world out of the show. Like, did cool you forget it, about Aaron. the last two seasons you podcasted about? Dumbass. Uh, he didn't say the dumbass. I added that. It was implied. I just listened to the podcast a lot last week because I'm like, you know what? I wonder if it was good. And I was, I thought that I did a pretty good job of saying that, you know, at this point, I'm with this show where it's kind of like in Walking Dead territories, which means it can surprise me at how scary, funny, awesome it can be on occasion. But or day it can in day walk out, you up to a cliff and push you off. Right. Right. Or, yeah, it could do some horse shit cliffhanger that makes me want to cl- uh, quit the show. Uh-huh. So, uh, Kathy Bates' accents are only getting weirder, though I'm um, going to be so happy when if the show reveals that the real actors are pretending to be bad for the sake of the reconstruction. I'm glad Gaga won for her or wore her Enchantress cosplay for the season. Doesn't she look just like the Enchantress from The Suicide she Squad? She totally does. Okay. In fact, I didn't recognize her at all until yeah. you mentioned that that was her, so I was looking for her. Um, and she also chopped up some of her meat dresses for decoration. Uh, uh, Nathan's on fire this week. He is. Question of the week. In the event of a TV show named My Podcasting Nightmare, who would you want to play you in the reconstruction? <gasps> 
Charlize now, Theron would play me. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I think so. Back in when in my younger days, uh, many people told when I had hair and was freshly shaven. Many people said that I looked much like like season two Chandler Bing Matthew Perry. No. Yeah, I nope, did. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I can show you. I think before and after whoever photos. plays, uh, and, I, and I still think I look like him. If you would shave his head, that's who you would want to play you though. Uh, no, I just think he's got a good uh, he's got a good handle on my personal tics and and my physical appearance. Interesting. Uh, or who I'd really want to play me is Chris Sullivan, who exactly. is the ambulance driver on the Nick, also oh, the yeah. diner owner on yes, Stranger Things. That's much better. Yeah, I get him. Yeah. Yes. He's 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 like the ideal version of me. Okay. Now, who would you cast for me? In that's, your opinion, this is fraught with peril. Because I would cast. I don't think you really look like anyone. The guy who plays though. William Reichert. William Reichert is that his name? Jonathan Franks. Yeah. That oh, guy. for Star Trek. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, for I'm like they play for you. you. That's very for weird. You. Now we're casting each other. <sighs> I don't know who you look like. You don't really look like anyone from Hollywood. No, who could look like me with enough makeup? Who could look like you with and enough hair. makeup and hair and green hair? Hmm. Oh, I know actually who you do kind of look like. What's the girl who, the woman rather, uh-huh. who plays the main protagonist in Zombieland? Emma Stone? Yeah. I think, really? I think Emma Stone would be a good Cecily. Interesting. She's kind of got your, she's got your eyes and lips and I think she could do, you know, with the right she hair and my, makeup. my dryness? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how good of an actress she is. Anyway, uh, so there's there our casting picks. There's our, my, our podcasting for nightmare. and for each other. Uh, Josh F. said, pigs, pigs, more pigs. They should call this season American Pig Story. Pigmen, pig heads, baby doll pigs. <laughs> Sarah Paulson's character said it best when she said with a defeated sigh, pigs again. Do these hillbilly ghosts just sit around mutilating an unlimited uh, amount of pigs? Do they run a glitter bomb mail type business where you could anonymously send your friends or enemies pig parts? Awesome. I actually like the season, but enough with the pigs already. Steph from Houston joins in and says, This show is going to turn me off my bacon with all this dang pig shenanigans. One can never be turned off bacon. I don't know. I think it's I think it's sufficiently it's, creepy. But again, like thematic. I said at the beginning of the episode, I need something else. And also, why pigs? Yeah. Because pigs are fundamentally scary. Now, the only thing interesting, and because I, I, I was considering this question when I got so much feedback saying, why pigs? The only thing interesting I can think of about pigs is that it's a medical fact that they are very close to human anatomy. Yeah. Like a lot of, like, you know, I, I've heard that you can actually, like, like they use pig heart valves in, or, in human patients. You know, were they the the... Livestock that they actually brought over to the Roanoke colony were they pig farmers? They yeah. just had pigs. Like, did they bring cows? Or sure, they, they had just bring cows ki- and sheep and chickens. Surely, surely, surely. Or do you know? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. That's a theory. I just know at some pigs point the Indians just, taught the, the pilgrims to put fish, bury fish with their fact, corn. Present and... day fact: the only animals that live in North Carolina are pigs. Pigs, really? Fact. All right, all right. I believe it. Present day. 2016. Uh, Michelle, as a as as a uh, some detailed analysis, I love that we're seeing the backstories pluralized because I don't think Kathy Bates will be the last. Begin for the colonist. Speaking of backstories, do you think we'll see one on Priscilla? We really need to know how or why she became this child ghost who steals children. Question. Hot take. Is the Wood Witch actually Priscilla? No. Why not? 
Because we saw baby ghost Priscilla, the little blonde girl, standing on top of the trap door that led Shelby in But it was that. through a grimy window and Lady Gaga is blonde. All right. Shh, shh. No, she's not. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's not. She most often no, presents as blonde. She's an adult woman. This woman or this little girl, I think, was definitely a Lady a Gaga, child. believe it or not, was once a child. And she, Fact. she was a child that wasn't scary to Flora to see. And the butcher, Kathy Bates, said that she was a child who was outcast and was a bastard. I mean, all the facts really add up for that, I think. When you say that she's a tree nymph, is that something you got from, like, official? Yes. Okay. It was. Okay, because I thought maybe she could have been a wild woman that's from a previous colony. And for... That's why she would collect children and... Yeah, doesn't cur- explain her her weird magic priest powers, but right. Current mythology that is what she's being referred to as. If in future episodes they want to redefine her, then sure, absolutely. But okay, that's that's what they're calling her. Okay, officially, I think you're right. I just wanted to fl- float that because when I first I, I I started thinking that halfway through watching the episode, and it doesn't seem like it's true, but I don't know. I want to. I like it. her being a wood witch better than a tree nymph, but okay. either way works, I guess. Uh, is Flora going to become a spirit like Priscilla? Or is she bound to become like the two boys with their language skills so devolved that they can only scream Croatoan? Which, by the way, that scene with them sucking the pig and then screaming Croatoan, holy shit. Yeah, I was really disturbed by the pigs. I undersold that in the podcast, but I was really <laughs> disturbed by that. I thought it was played for laughs the first time you see them with their heads just peek over and they say, Flora. Yeah. Um, And then they pan back around to finding them sucking on the pig. It was super creepy and gross. yeah 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 it was pretty bad uh and they really went for it they were showing mouths on pig nipples and just, just and, like and a gross it disgusting wasn't even like a milk and... texture it was like a thick thicker whiter that's what i'm saying i, I texture. wonder if they were like, they dead really... like they were like that was starting to curdle i don't know ugh, ugh. all right uh, i can feel it in the back of my throat ah anyway uh since we have this child who is central to mystery, she must have parents. Who are they? I suspect Kathy Bates is her mother. Why else would she appear when Cricket and company were summoning Priscilla? It was also a very what-do-you-want-with-my-daughter moment. Either that or Priscilla is the daughter of Lady Gaga's character, who, by the way, has a lot more power than we were shown in the last episode. Oh, what? who is the guy that plays her son? Wes. Wes Bentley. Yeah. What if Wes Bentley fucks the Wood Witch and makes Priscilla? That would, that would be why... Although this still, 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 still seems like in the visions we've seen that Kathy Bates' character, Thomason, is still in tight with the Gaga witch. Okay. So I feel like if she was calling her daughter Bass, they, they would have a little bit more enmity than that. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, what do we think about Croatoan? We know it's the name of the tribe of the Roanoke area, but for AHS's sake, could it be a single person? Could it be the demonic spirit that reigns over all the spooky colonists that they have the human sacrifice rituals for? Could Croatoan be a pigman demon, which is why Kathy Bates and crew place the pig heads on their victims when they roast them? Or could it be Lady Gaga? Is Lady Gaga the HBIC of this? What's the eight? Oh, head bitch in charge. Is that what it is? I guess so. Uh, of this whole creepy murdery colonist thing. Uh, and now we have Beverly Leslie, I mean Cricket the Psychic Medium, stirring shit up and it's all breaking bad. Who the hell knows what will happen next? All I know is I was sitting in a dark room alone, wrapped up in a blanket and glued to the TV and scared like when I watched Blair Witch for the first time. I'm loving it so much and I can't wait for ne- next week. R.I.P. Mason. Uh, that's a lot of questions she propo- propounded to us. 
I like the idea of Croton being a person, or maybe that's actually the Gaga Woods Witch character. Because it's not only a tribe, but it's also the name of an island. This is the other thing I found in my research. Yeah, it could be anything, really. Yeah. Whatever Ryan Murphy wants it to be right now. It could now. be chocolate. Yeah. It could be the uh, Native American word for chocolate. Or pig. Or pig. Croton pig. Uh, that'll do, Croton. <laughs> that'll do. Uh, speaking of future episodes, apparently the big news surrounding AHS is that in episode six, it's going to turn the show on its head. Supposedly going to have us rethinking what we thought this theme was. And if we Uh thought we knew was happening, we're Uh in for a big surprise. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be a big shock. Like anything I'm thinking it could possibly turn out uh, to be probably isn't right. I'm hoping the hype pans out and doesn't fizzle. I guess, I mean, I don't know. I don't. It drives me crazy. See, we talked about this last week. That makes me bummed about watching the current episodes. Why does Murphy do this? Why? Like, if you were enjoying this season, he says, "Well, wait until you know it, it's going to get even." I mean, I guess that's right. fine. Like, but telegraphing inter- this twist, go into your interviews and say, "Yep, you you got me. This is what the season's all about." I mean, you can say Don't you ain't say seen anything. nothing yet, or Pull just Matthew Weiner and just let your work speak for itself. That would be the best. <laughs> but if you're going to spoil stuff, try to aim for like you ain't seen nothing yet, or right. wait until you see what. And we got later on in the season. For him or... to say episode six is where, you know, things go off the rails or whatever he said. And then for him to follow up and say, and then episode nine through ten is a completely got different his own story. Arc. Like, come on. Yeah. Mm. You're ruining this for me. Yeah. Uh, Hatorian says, watching episode three, it definitely seems like they're going to pivot this into the whole real world characters. The way they talk make it sound like the documentary is happening in the present. Lee stopping the taping and also talking like the still haven't found her daughter. Definitely seems like they're hinting at the real world playing a different part than just retelling events. So this is this theory that eventually we're going to run out of the ghost show material and the actual Matt Shelby and Lee, uh, played by Lily Robbie, um, I can't remember any of these characters. Uh, Andre Holland. Andre Holland and Tara's mom <laughs> from True Blood. <laughs> Fact that is her name. Uh, that, that they're all going to be significant. Maybe. as char- And they have I to. Guess. They have to. I don't know. They can't just be talking heads. Uh-huh. But there again, like, I feel like nothing good can come from trying to see where this is going. Just let it wash over us. Right. Let's try that to, is my opinion. Let's try to MIB style flash our minds about this episode six business. Because that's the thing. Like, if you build it too much in your head, it's going to not work. Because you're going to be like, oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, very rarely does hype pan out. I don't know. I, I think we all just need to kind of slower roll on that. <sighs> Amy J. from Oxford says, My first thought when Cricket the Medium showed up is that he might provide a link to Coven as he was from New Orleans. Maybe there's something more to come from that later on if he sticks around. I like him as a character so far. Quirky, campy, sassy, and a breath of fresh air compared to the heavy stuff that Matt, Shelby, and Lee have been giving us for three weeks. I agree. I think Cricket's awesome. Coming from New Orleans, from Nolens, is not a coincidence. Mm. I think that's that much has to be true, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I... I thought he was one of the... Nope. No, he's not one of the Witches Council nope. guys? Nope. nope. He really wasn't? He was not. Huh. Okay. I thought I thought I recognized him from that. So he's a new character? He's never been on American Horror Story? Okay. Correct. All right. 
You know who to send the hate mail into if you got it wrong. <laughs> I know. I don't know whether it's because I'm British myself, but I'm finding Kathy Bates' accent absolutely unbearable. Nope. It takes all kinds to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> In the space of about three sentences, she went from Yorkshire to Scottish to Welsh right? to Irish and every weird English dialect in between. Much like with Freak Show, she must have had just insisted on adding that trait to the character, and it or makes the whole thing even worse. she thinks the early settlers had this mutt language before they, they had these defined to types of fair, dialects. To be fair, the witch that we really liked in the, the movie, yeah, fine. they oh, did a lot the of witch. that old English stuff. Yeah, but they did it successfully. Yeah. <laughs> I believed every accent. But I didn't care that I didn't know the, the, the truth. The V and or, die I didn't know and thou it, and... Yeah. Yeah, shout. Yeah, hers. I when they were having that conversation in the in the big top when she came back, I was laughing. Mm. It was so ridiculous and okay. seems trite. I did. I'm scared of Ghost Kathy Bates. Just want to go on the record. She scares me. That's fair. I've seen Misery. <laughs> um, so. It makes the whole thing even worse than other featured member of the colony range from one fairly decent northern a- accent to one posh London accent to that one guy sound like he was just plain old American. I know it's nitpicky, but it's really taking me out of the show even more so than the talking heads trope. I I don't I, I don't envy you watching this show as an English person uh, and these these people are trying to stumble around what a early American colonial accent. Maybe that's why it's a little like, like it sounded like a little dog from every town because they're intentionally trying to go for that. Well, yeah, this guy's from here. This guy's from here. This guy's already starting to sound American. What does American sound like? Right. I don't know. It's I think all that stuff is interesting. I agree. Like we went in Shakespeare's day from talking like that to the way we were Just talking now, and then jokes. if you go to like Chaucer, where it was like. Almost unrecognized. I mean, you can understand that it's English, but the you know, if you just read uh, the Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. it's really hard it to is. piece out the one they front. What all that crap that they're trying to say? It's like you, you know, it's recognizably English, but actually knowing what they're talking about is is a much harder proposition. So I think that stuff is kind of fascinating. Um, it doesn't. It's not bothering me like the Baldmer accent was. <laughs> Because okay. again, I thought it's I thought it's kind of cool in a witch kind of way, uh-huh. um, and everybody should see the movie this Halloween. Should oh. rent? I'm sure it's out for oh, rent maybe. now, right? The The Witch. Oh, The Witch. The V V I T C H. Yeah, V V I T C H. Yeah, that's a that's a really good movie. Really creepy, atmospheric, uh, colonial American horror story. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway. That's it for That's American it. Horror Story this week. I got week. some spoiler stuff. We're Mild about to do spoilers. Spoiler. I'm gonna like su- we don't know anything that's actually going to happen, but I just have some speculation. Right, but if, if you want if, if you want to avoid uh, the spoilers of Murphy, you can switch off now. Send us feedback at ahs at baldmove.com or on forums.baldmove.com. Cecily, start the spoilers. All right, I just have a couple things I want to th- bounce off of you. Okay. One, and this is just fun speculation, Ryan Murphy says he's got another super secret season of American Horror Story that he's been working on in between seasons for years. Really? American Horror Story has not yet been confirmed for a seventh season, but he's already got a secret season. He's going to slip in somewhere in between. Okay. Um, I know nothing more about that. I just want to mention it because it's in the news. Um, next episode, in the next episode on, mm-hmm. I noticed that... What's her name? Shelby's character, Sarah Paulson reenacting Shelby's character, right. is wearing the same shirt in every one of the 
scenes that they showed her and Matt in. Yeah. So makes me think that if you have every clip of her wearing the same shirt, then maybe we might get something more interesting next episode. Hmm. Like, you know, you pulled all your clips from the beginning of the episode. Second half, we'll get something new and interesting. I want to chime in on your speculation about this being um, renewed. I just look at the ratings. They're comparable to any ratings it's ever had. So, like, uh, I'm going to go back to... Actually, it looks like season four might have been its highest rating. It it premiered at 6.3 million viewers, and its lowest point in the season was 2.94 million. Yeah. Last season, Hotel premiered at 5.81 million, and its lowest point was 2. Point, actually, it got to 1.84. Oh, that's a huge drop. Right. But this came roaring back at 5.14, and it's What's still... It drop to? It's still been at 3.2, 3-point-something million, comparable to it's where... It's a 2-million drop. Yeah, but it's always done that. It's always dropped off. Okay. Like it, 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 you know, season 4, its biggest debuted at 6.3. Uh, sure, that's that's all well and good, but they haven't been confirmed to be renewed. I know. What I'm saying is, like, unless this season tanks like the back half of Hotel did again, yeah. I don't see why Fox or FX would cancel it, because it's... It's per- performing reliably in the slot that they've got it in. Right, and Ryan Murphy is actually performing well on Fox with Scream Queens. So. Sure, they got to keep him happy so, on that. But like the show's, the high, I, I, I mean, like the show has grown a lot from its first two seasons, where its peak was three million or so. So you know, I, I just you know, it, 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 what else are you going to show in October? Right, it kind of fits, even if it's not great. It's the same reason The Walking Dead keeps sliding by. You you, you put on something with scary shit in October, and millions of people going to watch it. Right. Uh, final thing I have is uh, your favorite character, Dandy Mott. I'm ah. sorry, your second favorite character to Twisted the Clown. Right. Dandy Mott has been confirmed to have some sort of tie-in this season. The actual character or the actor? The actual character. The character's name is, or the actor's name is Finn... Whitlock. Whitlock, okay. So Dandy Mott's origin story, something like that, is definitely going to show up this season. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I think Interesting. That's super cool. What does that have to do with Jupiter, I mean, Florida? Well, yeah. Ryan Murphy also said that this is a season that'll show you the connection. All of the seasons. I mean, we've seen some murder house callbacks. I was wrong last week. Interesting about the nurses. The nurses were killed. They weren't the killers. That's my mistake. Mm. Um, yeah, Dandy Mott. Uh, some other the pig pig man. Obviously, has been a lot of pig imagery. <laughs> there so there has been a lot of pig imagery. They're they're working on it, but. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to stay tuned for all of those tie-ins. All right. Uh thanks for the spoiler breakdown. Uh we'll be back next week with chapter 4. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Cecily. Have a great weekend.